Welcome to Radical AI, a podcast about radical ideas, radical people, and radical stories at the intersection of ethics and artificial intelligence. We are your hosts, Dylan and Jess. And today we have a very special episode for all of you. Dylan, what is today? Today is the day that we are celebrating six months. So that's half a year for those of you keeping track at home. Of Radical AI, or of the Radical AI podcast more uh, specifically. And we are just so excited to celebrate with all of you out there in this Radical AI podcast community, um, because it's it's a big deal. I mean, Jess and I have mentioned multiple times that, you know, we were expecting to get like three listeners within the first like three months. Um, and it's just ballooned into this thing that we're still trying to figure out what the heck to do with, uh, but it's very exciting. Um, it's impacted our lives immensely. And so this is the episode in which we're taking on a whole show slot during our normal uh, Wednesday showtime to just kind of reflect and talk about uh, where we're at, to reintroduce ourselves a little bit, and just to do a kind of a chill Celebration. Uh, I know Jess and I are both in the middle of our semesters um, as PhD students right now, so we also thought that, ah, well, maybe we should just take a second to exhale a little bit um, and, again, to, to just celebrate all the work that um, we've put in, all the work that our guests have put in, all of the stuff that has just been real you know, blessings in our lives and to, in this radical AI podcast world. Did I miss anything in my rambling, Jess? <laughs> rambling a little bit but that's okay because that's what happens middle of the semester for phd students way too much going on in our brain so dylan i'm going to start off by asking you what is one of your biggest takeaways so far from the first six months since we launched the podcast in mid-april exactly april 9th 2020 we have um some uh, Jess and I have, have some inside jokes about things that we say a lot in, in our interviews. And maybe, again, maybe you are keeping track at home. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll let you track those down. I'm not going to make it easy for you. But um, one of them is is the word uh, takeaway. And sometimes when we talk about takeaways at the end of an episode, I, I don't necessarily know what to say. And, and this, is, uh, this, is no, this is no different um, because there's just so much <laughs> that I've been reflecting on while we were prepping to do this episode. There was so much that I was just like thinking about about that that I could say here um, and I know in some other episodes we've talked about like the gratitude we have for the community and for the people that have taken a chance on us but I think that's um, that really is the thing that's that's first and foremost in in my mind I mean there's a lot of like things that have been of benefit to me and to my research and doing this work but really it's like the things that I've learned about people and about um, just how generous people can be when you put yourself um, out there. Uh, and for, for me, like one of the things, one of the values that we try to embody, uh, we don't always live up to it, but what we try to embody is that humility and that curiosity to learn and to keep learning. Um, and, uh, for me, like being, that's a vulnerable position. (laughs) And so for us to just be out there every week, trying to live into that sometimes again, like succeeding, sometimes, uh, not fully living into it. And, uh, that, guests come on and just like tell us about stuff and we listen and then people are kind when we get things wrong and um that this thing just keeps growing and that people want to be a part of it I don't know it's just like a real um humble or humbling experience um for me but that's all rooted in just like gratitude and 
uh, the sense of kindness that we've experienced from this community that continues to grow. So I'm just, you know, that's always my takeaway is just that, that gratitude. What about you, Jess? Well, you took mine. Uh, but I think something that's been in my mind a lot recently with this project is, um, you, you kind of mentioned this briefly in your reflection is just how public our research and, and our evolving (laughs) thoughts around all of these topics in AI ethics are and, um, how interesting of an experience that is because sometimes honestly terrifying (laughs) to know that like there's that many people who are like listening to your words and your thoughts on this stuff and are developing and changing thoughts and potentially scrutinizing the way that we are evolving as early PhD students like we're both second years in our PhD programs so like there's a lot of stuff that I still don't know and there's even more stuff that I don't know that I don't know so even hearing some of the things that I've said and thought about in early episodes on the podcast a few months ago, sometimes I cringe at some of the things that I said because I already know that that I've learned how the things that I originally thought are maybe wrong or so different now. And so just to know that like that's so open for um, for appreciation, yes, but also criticism in in the public sphere is is sometimes terrifying and great too. And, and I'm super appreciative for it, but it's it's such an interesting feeling. <laughs> and and there's been you know an amount of of both of of a lot of uh, positive feedback of of what we're doing. I think there's a lot of folks that are uh, appreciating this space um, and and what the space represents. And then also some level of, of critique. And part of that has to do with the identities that we carry. Part of that has to do with, you know, certain questions that we ask or that we don't ask. Um, and it's hard, right? Because you, you can't do it all. And it's hard because even like your best intentions are something. Sometimes you just ask a question poorly. Um, and uh, one of like our, our uh, editing style, or I should say my audio editing style for this project has been, um, to leave in as much of the stuff as possible. Like sometimes we cut out an um, or sometimes we, if a question doesn't go like, it doesn't really add anything to an already hour long episode, right? Like we, we can cut that. But in general, we try to keep it as uh, more of like an informal conversation where we're really trying to get to know our, our guest and their research, but then also us and the things that we're struggling with. Because like, that's what's compelling to us when we listen to podcasts is that is that storytelling and that banter and like what people are act- actively thinking. And that's the positive part, right, is that vulnerability. But the negative part is that it's also vulnerability. Um, and so it's uh, really wild that people have gotten um, connected and so like invested in in our personal stories as like public figures and there's part of me that's used to it because of like the fact that I was a minister and so I had like a group of you know 700 people who knew me far too well and knew my family system far too well and knew everything far too well but it's different when it's like across different time zones across different like where everything we're saying has some level of like scrutiny um and you know what what gets said is not always what gets heard and that can happen in wonderful ways and also in uh less and less than wonderful ways and so it's still like this continuous growing experience which is um you know we're we hope that you're enjoying the ride <laughs> we're, we're, we're enjoying the ride and, and and of course i mean the point of this this episode in particular is to celebrate and to say you know thank you for um being a part of of this ride what whatever it's been for the past um six months just do you have like a favorite moment or a favorite like 
interview or experience on Twitter or something that is uh, sitting with you right now as we record this? There are so many moments that stand out to me. So this is by no means my favorite or the best moment, but this is just one that came to my mind. Um, so it's funny because when Dylan and I first started this project, um, for those of you who have been around since the beginning, you might have noticed that we started with a lot of scholars based out of Colorado because um, when we started this project, this was before COVID hit. And so we were actually planning on doing in-person interviews originally, and then quarantine hit uh, the week before we were supposed to start interviewing people. And so um, we already had the first few interviews set and they were with a lot of our colleagues and friends from our own universities and um, people who we might have been actively working with or were, you know, introduced to by friends of a friends or advisors or whoever it was. Uh, and so we were originally planning on having this show just be with people that we knew <laughs> and with a lot of students, especially because we didn't really know that many people people personally that we thought we could actually get to come on the show, especially as it was just launching. And of course, in the back of our heads, we had, uh, you know, a list of like academic, I'm, I'm using air quotes here, like academic celebrities that we would like die to ever have on the show and even just to meet whether or not they came on the show. And um, I'm thinking of like several moments when um, Dylan was just like the one who shamelessly plugged our Twitter like crazy. and used... Just throwing me under the bus <laughs> about, about our strategy, no, 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 about my strategy. Shameless, <laughs> shameless in a good way. This is a positive word. But, but really, Dylan, I mean, your ability to like shamelessly ask some of the people that we were so, at least I should say me, that I was so terrified to even approach in the first so, place. So by shamelessly, Jess, of course, means kindly and strategically yes. requested and invited folks from our community that we looked up to to become a part of the show. Of course. Yeah, I just yeah, <laughs> words out of my mouth. So, yes. It's a shameless can mean a lot of different things. Okay, so I just okay. Thank you. Clear. Thank you for clearing that up. Yes. Um, so, I, I think it's funny because um, just three people come to the top of my head that uh, when they responded back and said they would come on the show, we freaked out. <laughs> and um, the first one was, for me, was Sarah Myers West because she works in the AI Now Institute and... Um, I've just like been fangirling over that institute since I first even like heard of the expression AI ethics when I was thinking about whether or not I wanted to go to grad school a few years back. Um, and so I remember just like screaming out loud when she said yes on Twitter back to us. And then um, when Ruha said yes to us, I, I just remember um, in the Zoom meeting, Dylan and I were sitting there waiting for her to join the meeting. And, um, you know, I think it was like one minute after it was supposed to happen. And we were both like, this is too good to be true. This isn't going to happen. This is too good to be true. And then she comes into the meeting and like both Dylan and I's faces, it's like we saw a ghost. We were both just like frozen, like, oh, my God, this is probably one of the craziest moments of our careers right now. <laughs> and so um, the, the third person who came to my mind was Tim Nick Gebru, who was like Dylan's version of Sarah Myers West. And he just screamed when when she responded on Twitter. So, I mean, this has happened with all of our guests. So really, this is like a bad example but just the fact that we have like these people that we've looked up to for so long and then we get to see them and talk to them screen to screen uh, because of quarantine it has just been like the craziest experience of my career it's basically just been six months of Jess and I checking our Twitter and screaming that's basically <laughs> and then doing a little like recording and editing on the side but pretty much like the 40 hours a week that we spend on this is, is pretty much all
all just uh, Twitter and screaming. screaming. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, no, no, I'm kidding. But it's just been it's been like so exciting to um, be also to be a part of some really fascinating conversations that have been going on um, in the world and in uh, the academic spaces and the industry spaces. And then to also, you know, continue to lift up some of those voices in those conversations that are doing such important work. Um, and for us to actually have like, I mean, it's thanks to you all, right. To all the listeners out there to have given us a platform and for you to be, uh, desiring to listen to to us as the platform for these speakers right that's uh, there's a lot of different places you could just go to youtube and you could just like put in ruha benjamin's name and things will come up and those are uh, a lot of you know you could that's a choice that you can make and we we do not blame you she gives a lot of wonderful talks in fact um in about 25 minutes from when we're recording this um ruha benjamin's going to be speaking at uh in in jess's uh department at CU Boulder. And it's just, it's fascinating to me. Like it's, it's just like so weird for us to be able to be like, Oh yeah, this world renowned scholar, like, you know, we, we still go to her for advice on some things or like, we still like connect in some ways or, or something like that. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's weird how small, I guess that's another takeaway, um, how impossibly large and impossibly small this world of, uh, artificial intelligence ethics and just responsible technology in general is like it really is a community in a lot of ways and i think sometimes it's hard to get into that community it's hard to necessarily make those connections um but i think if you're willing to put yourself out there and i think um like this could have fallen flat on its face right but the <laughs> fact that we were willing to put ourselves out there as students as well uh in the name of, of knowledge learning and justice right and some of the justice work that grounds our work um that uh it, it was just it's just been a really incredible um journey with, with that but i think that's something we did want to talk about because um some of you don't know who we are and sometimes we we say it and especially we say it in like our really frankly pretty hilarious and engaging uh outros of our episodes which we have a lot of fun doing this is this is what shameless means dylan that's that's an example that's that's a good that's yeah that seems that resonates that's that's (laughs) accurate that was shameless listen to the end of the episode but we know that a lot of you don't because i I don't don't listen to the end of a lot of podcast episodes that i listen to either (laughs) especially if the guest is gone or whatever like i've gotten what i need and i'm out of there that's fine i understand quick side note actually for those of you who might be new around here um if you actually don't listen to the end of the episodes and you didn't realize this uh the last like five to 15 minutes, depending on the episode is actually after the interviews ended. And it's just Dylan and I reflecting on what we learned and what we thought and what came up during the interviews. In case you didn't know that, um, it's, it can be fun. Yeah. We, we make some jokes. There's some, some joshing around. Academic banter. <laughs> some, <might say. laughs> some ontological horseplay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to trademark that. I think that's, that's good. Um, no, but it's, it's, um, I think that, uh, we, we do the interview thing, but we really don't, um, talk about ourselves that much partially because we don't want this to be an ego driven project. We want this to be something where we are kind of the lens through which you're also, you as the listeners also processing some of these, um, some of these really complex issues around, you know, race and, and gender and technology and all these intersectionalities. Um, and so that's, that's what we want our role to be. Uh, and so we try to decenter ourselves, uh, when we can, while also, um, hopefully wielding the authority of being the podcast hosts, like responsibly. Um, but we don't always like bring up 
what we're doing <laughs> or like why we're the people that you should even be listening to in the first place and things like that. And so in this conversation, we did want to bring up uh, just briefly kind of what we're doing again, like where we're situated and what we're researching. Um, so just, do you have like an elevator pitch of like what you're doing with your life? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, well, um, Yes. And also for academics, especially like students who are listening, this is something that's great to practice in general with your research. Um, just like finding ways to explain it to people who might not even be in your field in like a three sentence description. Um, and it's something that through this project, I've had to do a million different times because of all the intros that Dylan and I have had to give. Well, and, and it's different every time. And you can tell that Jess and I are both in teaching assistant positions as well. We're like very much like, so undergrads out there, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is what you should know. <laughs> we know that you're all not undergrads, but you know, we we want we want the undergrads to be seen and heard. Have you heard about our uh internship opportunity? Oh, uh we'll yeah, get we'll, back we'll to get that. Ba- yeah. Okay, yeah. Stay stay tuned to the end of this episode and we'll talk about that. Um anyways, back to what I blatantly ignored from your question, which is what the heck I'm doing with my academic career. Um so preface because i'm still gonna put off the question for one more minute uh is that since we are both second year phd students obviously uh dylan and i's research interests are not like nailed down to a dissertation title at this point and this is all an excuse to say that i'm figuring it out um but what i'm working on currently is algorithmic fairness for the domain of recommender systems. And this is quantitative work in that I'm working on the actual algorithms, the math, uh, ways to optimize metrics, ways to test fairness um, for recommender systems on the computer science side. And I'm also working on the qualitative side, like what the heck is even fairness when it comes to recommender systems? Who are the stakeholders and what's at stake? What are the trade-offs? So that's broadly what I'm researching. What about you, Dylan? And just so folks, again, know you're at uh, the University of Colorado Boulder and your academic advisors are? My academic advisors are Robin Burke, who is the uh, expert on recommender systems, and Casey Fiesler, who is my uh, expert go-to on technology ethics. And so my side's a little different. So I'm at a different institution. I'm at the University of uh, Denver, and that's an R2 institution. It's a much smaller, more private institution. Um, and uh, because I'm technically in a joint PhD program between uh, ILIF School of Theology, so a theological school, and the University of Denver, so I do not have to declare who my primary advisor is for my dissertation um, until the end of this year, which is my second year. So because it's an interdisciplinary program, although it's focused in in religious studies, um, my kind of informal research topic is on uh, questions of morality and what it means to be human in relationship to artificial intelligence systems. And there's a lot that falls into that. Uh, Jess and I are doing research on computer science education and what it means to teach morality and ethics um, when we're talking about AI systems uh, in the classroom. Um, I'm doing some work on human-robotic interaction and what it means for us to talk about basic categories of morality when we're talking about robots. Um, do they have intrinsic morality? Is it all perceived morality? Like these 
kind of uh, high-flying theoretical concepts is, is what I bring to that uh, HRI, human-robotic interaction field. And then a lot of the work that I've been doing more recently uh, is questions about death and technology. So the basic premise of that is that within somewhere within the past 20 years, there's been this shift that's occurred with how technology is impacting how humans are relating to death, uh, whether that's in like the processes, whether that's in say the memorial function on Facebook, uh, whether it's in that emotional side or the logistical side, or just even people thinking about like, well, can we technologically engineer an after life? Um, so those kind of bigger questions. Uh, that's where my research is heading and probably where my dissertation is going to head is that intersection between death and uh, technology and AI systems play a role in that, again, even on like a theoretical 10,000 foot idea. Um, so like Jess, I do not know exactly where that dissertation is going to go or what the primary research question is on that. But what I do know is that there's something happening out there with AI systems, morality, and at this point, like death and technology. And I'm going to put it all together into something that can get me a degree at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all PhD students can ask for, really, is a degree at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'll see. We'll see where the next twists and, with twists and turns go. But, but I will say that um, I, I think I can speak for Justin and I when I say that, like, after every interview are uh, either on a macro level or a micro level, our research questions for our PhDs change, right? Like um, this project has made, uh, you know, critical race theory, uh, disability studies, um, queer theory, like it has centered all of that into um, our individual and our, our collective research in ways that have just been uh, so important for the field's that we're looking at. Just are there other ways that you've seen like this radical AI project impact either your or, or our uh, research? Totally. I mean, it's funny because I actually didn't even really know that interviews were like a scientific method for um, pursuing knowledge in academia at that much. I mean, I knew a little bit, but I didn't know that that was like a, a legit uh, process that you or a method that you could utilize, and so it's funny because we're kind of conducting a scientific study through this show, and and I think some of the other methods that my eyes have been open to um, are really qualitative methods because since I'm coming from this computer science background, I just didn't even really know that qualitative research was legit. And I'm like, I'm saying this in like a hushed tone because I feel like a lot of computer scientists think that too. And it's awful. I hate the fight between qualitative and quantitative research. And so like participatory design and co-design and um, a lot of honestly, just like collaborative qualitative methods that uh, a lot of our guests on the show have um, utilized in their own work. I'm starting to realize how much I want to utilize that in my work. And I think the last like three research proposals that I wrote we're only including qualitative methods that I've learned from people on this show. So it's, it's impacted everything. <laughs> yeah. I, I would just add that um, to that point, like everything that we're, we're doing and hopefully um, all of this will also end up, and this is maybe talking more about the future, but hopefully we'll be able to come up with um, some sort of actual level of like publication about what we've learned through this process as it's on ongoing and, you know, stay tuned. We're not going to speak too much about what that's going to look like, but um, we do try to think about this in terms of like uh, interview research study design and like qual research study design. Um, and it's even that is an ethical process, right? So if we are trying to uh, decenter some level of status quo to make room 
and to make space uh, for something more radical. And if what we're trying to do is in part define what uh, radical AI is, then we have to be really intentional about our own positionality. Uh, so the identities that we that that we embody, I guess I want to say. Um, but then also like what voices we're lifting up, what voices we're not. There are certain things that that we think about often um, in terms of where we come from, our own positionality, our own identities, and then also in terms of who uh, we lift up in this platform um, that we have. And so like if we notice a trend of, you know, having uh, white straight women every week that um, is showing something about like what it means to be radical. So we're aware of like the impact that the choices that we're making in terms of our design of, of this study of this weekly podcast, um, that, 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 that they matter. And so we, we try to be intentional and, and responsible and accountable about that. Um, but it's hard because once you're lifting up one voice a week, it means that you're not lifting up all the other voices. And so how do you do all of that uh, responsibly? It's just something I think a lot about. Yeah, I mean, this is interview methodology 101 too, which which I'm learning now because I'm actually learning how to do this in academia. But um, if we don't want to have biased responses, we need to think critically about um, our interpretation of people's answers to our questions, the way that we do our, our intros and our outros. Like if we're debriefing a topic that is like setting a certain agenda and that is our takeaway that we're trying to relay to however many people are listening to the episode, like that's a value statement. If we're asking certain questions over others, that's a value statement. If we are, uh, you know, like you said, asking certain people certain questions and certain people other questions, like that's totally uh, something that's going to yield biased responses. And so we, we just have to think critically about what it is that we actually want to portray when it comes to radical AI and to make sure that we're not letting our own biases come into the conversation too much. And this is actually something that Dylan and I have debated about a little bit on this show because it's hard sometimes. We talk about topics on this show that are really difficult sometimes and make us squirm in our seat sometimes and probably do the same for you and other listeners. And so if we come into those conversations having a very explicit attitude towards one topic or another, then that's not good for us to predispose our listeners to think a certain way. But there are certain topics like, you know, racism and sexism and oppression that we do think it's really important for us to express our values, at least from the Radical AI organization and and for this podcast to let you all know that we stand strong and we feel strongly about certain topics too. Um, and so like balancing that fine line between like when we should remove ourselves from the conversation and let you come to your own conclusion and when we should insert ourselves in the conversation and say what we think is right and, and to not prescribe that, but to let you know that that's what we think. Like it's, it's, it's a tough balancing act. <laughs> so this was not the original, um, goal of this podcast <laughs> episode to talk about, um, research methodology in podcast <laughs> interviewing, but I think that's what uh, we're going to title it because I think that that's I think it's actually really important, especially as we continue to live in this quarantine Zoom life, where a lot of interviews <laughs> for studies and things like that, and even in, in industry, right when you do market research, are being held. Uh, I think there are certain like ethics that that we need to pay attention to, and and I guess I do want to explicitly say about about bias, right? I think our standpoint on that is that 
we all enter like there's there's no space in which there's no bias right there's no truly objective space um there's different uh ways that we can talk about bias but we each by virtue of um you know jess and i uh having grown up in the united states by virtue of uh, both of us, I was going to say both of us being 20 somethings, but that's not true because that's not true for me anymore. Um, but, uh, <laughs> by, by virtue of, of just the fact that we're both white in the United States at this time, right? All of that contributes to the questions we ask, the questions we don't ask. Um, and I think, and this is, I guess I'm speaking for Dylan here, not, not for you, Jess, but that I think the most important thing is that we name that when we can, that we own the biases, um, that we don't pretend that they don't exist, um, and uh, that we, again, I'd said accountability and, and responsibility, asking for feedback, listening, um, and uh, owning up when we make mistakes, because because we all make mistakes, but trying to do all of that in, in a spirit of transparency, um, which I think is functionally really tough, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we promise to be transparent with all of you as we learn all of these things and as we inevitably make mistakes, which we've already made many of, and I'm sure we will in the future. So thank you for those of you who have called us out on that so far, Probably honestly. even in this episode, we've made many mistakes. <laughs> um, I thought of an example just now, which I'm not going to share because, again... We invite you to do your work at home. <laughs> it's an important skill of inquiry of how did the radical AI host screw up this time? You know, that's important. Um, but in, no. in the nature, <laughs> back to what I was saying, in the nature of, of transparency, um, we promise to you to be as open as we can be um, throughout this process as we are learning and growing as podcasters, as academics, as PhD students, and just as humans, honestly. And so if you ever have any concerns with anything we're doing, any feedback, suggestions, or just positive thoughts uh, and, you know, gratitude and appreciation for us, we, we always love to hear from all of you. So please don't ever hesitate to reach out. You can send us a Twitter direct message or an email. Um, and I, I think something else that that Dylan and I wanted to do to close this episode was just to kind of hype up some, some future stuff that's going on. So, uh, Dylan, what, what do we want to hype up? <laughs> Let's see. Well, that just, that's a, that's a wonderful question. I, I wish we had written that down ahead of time. Um, I, but I do, I want, I want to highlight what you said though. Like, we, we will do our, we will do our best to do that. And when you send us a Twitter DM, we will do our best to respond and uh y'all we'll, we're super busy so so don't so don't hate us if we're not on top of everything all the time as well we try to be responsible in our public personas and also like we, we got we got our own stuff going on too so just be be kind be kind to each other and be kind to the radical ai experience that said um you know this is this is our six month uh episode and so this is also the time internally where we're uh, as an organization talking about where we are, where we've been, where we want to be in the next six months. So that when we do the annual episode, we can be like, Oh, Hey, we did that. Oh no, we didn't do that. Oh, maybe we could do those things uh, more or less or whatever. Did I go into my, uh, I'm Italian. So that's my, so as we're doing that work of looking at where we've been and uh, where we're going, uh, especially we did want to, we do have a few updates. So the first is that internship opportunity that we mentioned uh, earlier. So it's about halfway through October now. We're accepting applications until uh, November 1st. And uh, we're looking for 
you, <laughs> you're out there. Um, so whether you're an undergrad or a grad, uh, we're trying to, as people have given us opportunities, we're trying to pay that back. Um, so, uh, we're trying to do it as ethically as we can. We're trying to make the position or positions paid, um, but that's still in process. Um, and, uh, yeah, just please, if you have any questions, feel free to email us. If you know anyone who is currently an undergrad or grad student who might be a good fit, please, uh, do not hesitate to share the information, which will be in the show notes of this episode. And uh, just to add an asterisk to that, because this is a question that we've received um, already. If you're not currently pursuing a degree, please reach out and feel free to apply anyway, because we just want to see applicants of all different kinds of backgrounds. So um, it is not just limited to students and it's not limited to whatever your current research uh, background is, whatever your degree is, all that stuff. We, we just want to hear from all of you. And honestly, we've been so excited to see the applications rolling in so far. And so um, just the, the breadth and depth of knowledge and areas of interest of everybody who's applying so far has just already blown us away. So please continue to just show up as your unique self. And we already love it. <laughs> right. Which, which is also to say the reason why we're able to even offer this um, with our limited bandwidth is that that we're trying to grow this um, organization. And so when I say organization, don't freak out. Um, so we are, the podcast is here, podcast is staying. Um, the, uh, what we're trying to do is we're trying to incorporate as a nonprofit. Um, and what that will allow us to do is to apply for more grants. It will allow us to partner with different types of organizations. Um, it will then help us to create more opportunities for, um, for more folks. And also, I mean, like a full disclosure, it also allow us to be compensated in some way for the work that uh, we are doing as well, because that is um, really important for us as, as we seek justice as students too, to be able to be compensated for the work um, that we're doing. So we're trying not to be selfish about it. And we're also trying to be, have some sense of, of um, justice in that compensation. Uh, and that's also to also say um, that you can expect to hear about some more exciting partnerships, uh, hopefully, hopefully soon. Yeah, so again, a special shout out to All Tech is Human and Ethical Intelligence who have been previous partners. And um, we will tell you all as soon as we are uh, ready to announce some future partnerships that are up and coming, but get excited because we're super excited. And I think that's it for our uh, big news updates. And, and I say that's it, uh, you know, because this, this episode has already gone way longer than we were expecting it to. But that's what happens when you put Jess and Dylan in front of a mic. So um, thank you all so much if you made it this far <laughs> for listening to us. And um, if you're new around here, uh, we hope that this helped you get to know us a little bit better and to understand the, the two PhD students who created and founded and host this podcast that you hopefully tune into weekly on Wednesdays. See, Jess, that was shameless. That was good. <laughs> Thank I, you. I was very, I'm very That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, it means the world to us that we're able to do this week in and week out. Um, and it is a whole lot of work. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think there's any other way that we would rather spend our time, um, than, than doing this every week. The people that we've been able to talk to, the people that we're now in relationship with, um, the things that we've learned, not just, I mean, this episode was focused more on like things that we've learned professionally or, um, 
practically even, but like the things that we've learned personally from conversations and these relationships are, are things that uh, are going to continue to inform us and, and drive us and ground us for, for the rest of our lives as individuals too. Yeah. And that's actually, thank you for bringing this up, Dylan, because this is a good note to end on too. I, when people ask, you know, why we do this <laughs> and why we spend so much time outside of all the time that we already have to spend doing PhD work to do this this side project, especially given that we've made zero money on it and have actually spent some of our own savings on this project, um, is because it's a it's a passion project. This this project is purely out of love for this this discipline, this topic, this um, you know, this this space and also this community. And so thank you, all of you, for giving us the opportunity to pursue this project of passion, because like Dylan said, it means the world to us. And we just feel so humbled and honored and lucky to have been given the opportunity to do what we do. Yeah, we're a big fan of this ontological horseplay. <laughs> is that gonna stick? Do you think that's way to that, catch up? Is, is thank this, you for listening. Is this like Mean Girls, where I'm never gonna make fetch happen? <laughs> Start using ontological horseplay you, you today. Got, you made mini so to happen. I'll give you that, but you don't get another one. Okay. <laughs> it's like you have ESPN or something, Jess. God, I love that movie. That's a great movie. Um, so, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, of course, you know, check out our other episodes. If this is the episode you started with, then interesting choice but congratulations <laughs> that's a good choice too uh hopefully you learned a little bit about the inner workings of the radical AI podcast so that now the curtain has been peeled back you can go and you can listen to all the how, how many episodes do we 30 have 30 something 30 something episodes um and uh, have a maybe a different perspective and for more information on today's show and all of our shows you can check out the show notes at radicalai.org of course, stay tuned for new episodes uh, every Wednesday. And <laughs> we didn't. I, this is the first time I haven't had the script in front of me for our outro. Just what's oh, it? you don't have it memorized. I don't, I don't oh, sorry. Okay. Uh, stay tuned for our weekly episodes on Wednesdays. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at Radical AI Pod. You can join our conversation there. And you got to have this one memorized, Dylan. As always. I don't remember. <laughs> Stay, Stay radical. radical. Lastly, lastly, if you did enjoy this more fun, informal kind of uh, Jess and Dylan special, um, please do let us know because, um, you know, we, we love... Talking, talking. <laughs> especially to each other. We have a good time together, so um, so we we, we want to do it, but we also want to make sure that we have you know content that people want to listen to. So um, so yes, please please do let us know if you enjoyed um, this this episode. I think that's it. Yeah. Roll music. <laughs> Music's already been rolling. I think. Ontological horseplay is a great. All right, we're gonna stop the recording. No, no, no. <laughs> I think that if I had an album, that's what I would title it. If I had like a ska album, ska the music, <laughs> ska the radical AI uh, genre. I don't think we should choose a genre. I think it's too upsetting. 
So now's when in the editing, Dylan, you add ska music <laughs> for the outro. <laughs> is there some royalty just free yelling ska radical music? Radical horseplay. Or what was it? Ontological. Ontological. I, I, I'm not keeping up anymore. Yeah, Goodbye, we're, folks. We're, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Time to put the mic away. Yeah, we'll see.